0: Church growth strategies are the death gurgle of a church that has lost its way, according to Stanley Hauerwas, and I think I agree. (laughs) Welcome in. This is Religionless Christianity. I'm your host, Spencer. This is my beautiful wife, Nikki, and... Before we get going on this topic, baby, is there anything you want to say?
1: Yeah, i was just thinking of, well, um, since we moved out here, we haven't done any of the outreach like we used to do on Saturdays with our church. And I really miss doing that. And I think we all miss doing that with the church. And just people would be surprised that anybody would even come to the door and even care to even pray for them and just planting those seeds. And we didn't always get a chance to pray with people right then and there, um, you know, and for them to like be, I can't think of the word, (laughs) like grieved over their sin, you know, realizing their sin separates them from God. But it's, it's just a simple thing of planting seeds. and, And we haven't gone out and done that yet. I think we're a little unfamiliar with the neighborhoods around here and i don't know i don't know what our excuses are but we need to start doing that so just pray for us to remember uh the importance of doing that just getting to know our neighbors and yeah and all that that. so that's a place uh that's just where we need prayer because we have no excuse really honestly no
0: we definitely are Extracurricular Christian activities have definitely dwindled since our move, and we're hoping to pick those back up. We've had some, you know, ideas and things presented to us. We just haven't actually um, dove into that yet. So we need to um, pray for us and hold us accountable on the Discord channel. Uh, No, I'm
1: not blaming anybody for not reminding. (laughs)
0: With that, like (laughs) and subscribe to the channel, please. If you could, if you have a free moment, try to find us on YouTube. We mentioned in our previous videos Mm -hmm. that. Uh, we were almost immediately banned on youtube and uh not banned but suspended and i don't know if that's hindered us from gaining an audience but if you have the time that would be wonderful otherwise just follow us on whatever podcasting platform you're on jump on that discord we want to hear from you guys we want to get away from traditional social media if we can so today We are continuing our look at sort of the LGBTQ infiltration of the churches, and this is episode four on this topic, so if you've missed the last three episodes, you can obviously go back and find those. I will do my best to have them linked in the descriptions, but I'm pretty forgetful. I will try, though. Um, But anyway, just kind of going back over them in the first episode, we kind of just looked at sort of this LGBTQ movement sort of at large in the church community. Um, And then episode two, we looked more at how this movement was attacking our youth to gain ground. Episode three, we looked at the way they were changing the language um, and how they'll be continuing to try to change this language into a more like homosexual friendly, you know, gender neutral, like queer affirming kind of religion. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, so in today's episode, we want to stop pointing the finger at everyone outside. And we want to focus on those of us in the church because we're supposed to judge each other in the church, not those outside the church. Um, So this topic is broader than the LGBTQ movement, and it's the idea of church growth um, equals church success. And we believe that contributes to the the increase of, like, We're affirming congregation in our churches. And I was going to say how, like, I was just thinking about it. Why, wondering if there's so many, um, you know, LGBTQ people in churches, why are they coming to church and staying in church and being lied to that that is not a sin in order – for them to stay for those numbers to be up
0: yeah i mean that's definitely something we're about to dig into here and um yeah i mean we're well yeah we'll we'll get into that i think it's definitely
1: <laughs> maybe i'm getting ahead of it yeah. but that was just something popped in my head i'm like i've got to say that
0: <laughs> no i mean they definitely i think there's reasons why they keep them around Um, and i think the numbers game is part of it as we're uh, going to dive into so Um, Yeah, definitely, you know, this idea of church growth equals church success is broader than just this one segment, but I do think it Mm -hmm. contributes. Um, And this is, you know, it's been a trend for a while now. You know, I don't know if it's accelerating now in 2020, 2021, or if it's just sort of our awareness of it is increasing, but it seems like more and more churches are starting to be run like businesses, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of that idea of bigger is better. Um, but this, you know, is kind of the idea of this was brought home to me a little bit when I was listening to the podcast, um, it's the rise and fall of Mars Hill. It's put on by Christianity Today. And while the podcast is not necessarily about church growth, it does certainly spend a decent amount of time talking about church growth and sort of how involved Mark Driscoll, who was the pastor of Mars Hill, um, how involved he was in these church conferences, you know, And it kind of speaks a lot about church conferences in general, which is interesting. Um, You know, different sorts of conferences on, you know, church strategy, growth strategies, all these different things. Um, And while obviously me and Nikki, you know, we're not pastors or ministry overseers of any sort other than our ministry here on religionless Christianity. We've been in church our entire lives, um, and we've seen a lot of this firsthand firsthand. You know, and so a lot of this episode is going to be (laughs) a little bit of speculation and just sort of our views on the church. It's not some scientific, you know, study or deep dive into the matter. So if you disagree uh, with where we're going with this episode, you know, please feel free to reach out to us and let us know where we're off base. As always, we want to be corrected if we need correcting.
1: Yeah. So the idea is that well, in America today and... I can't go back through all of church history, but at least the last 50 to 60 years, the church has started to see success um, through the same lens that the world sees business success. So growth is the determining factor of, I guess, the success, or it's not even about the health of the church, though. But um, this shouldn't be the case. It should be the opposite. Um, and according to Matthew 7, 13 and 14, we know that the way is narrow and that there are few who find it and wide is the way to destruction. There are many who go that way.
0: So. Yeah. So it should almost be the opposite. Not that we want churches to be shrinking, but the idea that growing equals success. So, right. you know, but we love to hold up the Billy Grahams of the world, you know, is like, these, that's who our vision of a great evangelist is. He's got millions of people. You know, We send pastors like Rick Warren and uh, Bill Hybels or Mark Driscoll, like these mega church pastors, to give seminars and write books on church growth. And then we start to see the church success sort of through the lens of how many people are sitting in the pews mm-hmm. um, rather than the actual quality of the people that are in those pews.
1: Right. And I don't know how you can know um how people are doing in their walk with the Lord. If if your church is so big, like there's no, we just, we know there's no accountability. We've been in big churches. There's no, there's no accountability. Nobody's coming up and nobody knows your name. <laughs> nobody even knows you go there. But, but this uh, might be what, at least what we've talked about before. we talked about like, tithing, and not only like 5% of churchgoers tithe, but hey, we have hundreds in the pews every Sunday, and none of them actually live a Christian life, but the parking lot is full every Sunday, and they think that's success, but success isn't even the right word to ever describe a church, because we don't succeed, we, we just preach the gospel, we're not we're not causing the growth. The Holy Spirit, God adds to those numbers. It says that in Acts, God added to the church daily those who were being saved. And what was their strategy? They preached the gospel. They didn't do anything showy. They didn't have to be worldly to attract people of the world in, and then trap them in, and then preach the gospel, and then hopefully they get saved. It's like that's how that strategy nowadays, but it it's, it doesn't work it doesn't do anything to their hearts. It's all entertainment and it's empty.
0: Yeah. I heard Vody Bakum on a, on a video or something he was given and he was talking about how, you know, this idea of the way that we preach, you know, it was kind of like the, the prosperity type gospel where he's preaching about, you know, giving your tithe financially and how that's going to open up the windows heaven for your financial blessing and all this stuff. And So they're talking 45 minutes on this. And at the end of the sermon, the pastor's like, now raise your hand if you want to get saved. And he's like, you didn't preach the gospel. How are they supposed to get saved? They didn't hear the gospel. So, um, Uh, but yeah, you know, in America here, right, we're supposed to be the land of the free and the home of the brave. I think a better slogan, at least in 2021, should just be America quality over quantity, quantity over quality. (laughs) That should be our slogan. Um, so, we do have a couple of news articles that'll be linked down in the show notes. Um, and the first one is from Christianity Today, looking again, sort of at this idea of church decline that we've talked about plenty of times on this show. So there's nothing really new here. But what I did find fascinating was that the mainline um, Protestant churches, the ones that they name specifically are the United Methodist Church, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. And Presbyterian Church USA, Um, those are the ones they named specifically. Um, In the 70s, they were sort of the dominant church culture in the country. But then somewhere around like 1983, they've been losing ground to evangelical churches in the country.
1: Yeah, that article doesn't even, um, it doesn't mention this, but all three of those churches that um, he mentioned um, on gaychurch.org, they're all... Queer affirming de- denominations.
0: Yeah, we'll have that page linked for queerchurch.org. It gives you a list of the um, queer affirming denominations in the country, and those three are specifically listed on there. So,
1: is it gaychurch or queerchurch.org? It's
0: gaychurch.org. Oh. Okay. Um, but in my mind, like this article, and it doesn't mention this specifically, but just me sort of pondering this information, it would make sense, you know, that in this country where our mindset amongst the church leaders and stuff is growth equals success. So the converse of that would be reduction equals failure. Hmm. You know, so then when your church, you know, the numbers start diminishing, you start looking to these other areas in the country or whatever that you can grow your ranks back up.
1: I just wonder what it's like being a pastor and other pastors with all their people in their church looking down on you and judging you. And in, in, in your mind, you would think, well, they probably don't think I'm preaching the gospel, and they're gonna wonder what I'm doing wrong because my numbers are so low and theirs are so high. And I bet there's a lot of attacks I'm sure on the it's mind. it's probably like uh, church competition mindset, and
0: it's like the what's that show? It's like uh, the Housewives of Atlanta or whatever. I don't know. I don't watch it. It's just like I, I can't. There's like the <laughs> you know, like the rich housewives of whatever city. And, they're just always like arguing and like, you know, my husband's more successful or successful oh. in Europe. I wonder if that's how like the churches are like, oh, my church grew by 100 members last month. You know? But
1: what else do they look at? Do I, they don't, no, I don't know. I don't want to numbers. disparage
0: pastors to that level. But you, Again, you this is have just to wonder what they go through. Yeah.
1: I just try to put myself in their shoes and you do everything we do in life. We compare what we do, our it's probably business. probably everything. I compare my kids to other people's kids. What am I doing wrong? Why aren't my kids as well behaved as their kids? What's your strategy? Well, <laughs> and I think
0: that's where a lot of this church growth type stuff is birthed out of, right? Like you have this small little struggling church. You got your same little 50 members that you've had for 10 years. And then someone like Rick Warren comes along and he's like, I got 50,000 members. Do you want me to tell you how I did it? And you're like, I mean, we do that now, right? Like we watch YouTube uh, growth strategies or what, you know, whatever kind of thing it is when you're trying to build a channel. You're like, I want to see what somebody who is growing does. Mm-hmm. But then you have to actually be mindful enough that when you go and see what they do and go, I don't think that's what I'm called to do. And like, maybe I'm mm-hmm. okay with where I'm at. So, yeah, I mean.
1: Yeah, but I know I'm getting off, but like you're called to, they're called to shepherd their church and... I don't know. Your church can do outreach. I mean, do you blame the congregation because they're not? No church does outreach. Because they're not bringing their (laughs) friends. I know, but they're like, invite your friends for Easter service. And they have all these flyers. And and it's, I don't know. And they only do that for Easter, I think.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, there's definitely other reasons.
1: Yeah. So anyway, uh, that equation, you know, the quantity whatever quantity over quality it's, we got to get away from that idea
0: yeah we definitely do um and in America like this can kind of be a tough thing to do with so many in the people or so many people in this country that are already exposed it's hard to go out and find a new people group mm-hmm. um, to sort of start growing your ranks with um you know but I think years ago and maybe this is where these mainline Protestant, churches went, there was sort of an untapped market, um, for outreach. And that was this LGBTQ community. And then like, in my mind, again, this just sort of makes sense why these churches, and you can lump in the Episcopalian church, um, which they've had a steep and steady decline since the 1980s in America, you know, why they would want to sort of, uh, bring in this untapped resource to get back to that growing, um, successful place so then you can couple this with another article um, that i was reading while i was kind of putting this episode together and this is a little bit older of an article and it's also from christianity today Um, and if you want to read that headline honey
1: it says get ready youth group leaders teens twice as likely to identify as atheist or lgbt oh man wow twice as likely
0: so, you know, I've yet to be in a church where growth wasn't discussed, um, in the main area of concern or main area of interest wasn't in the youth, you know, and this makes sense, right? If you want long-term growth, you have to find younger members that will stay in your congregation for decades. They'll have families, they'll bring friends in along the way and all that sort of stuff, you know, and it's not even unique to the church. Like every movement or revolution, they try to get the young, um, to sort of spark and sustain those revolutions. Um, But this article does make note that today's youth, the the Gen Zers, uh, they're the most most atheistic and (laughs) LGBTQified. that's my word, not theirs, Mm -hmm. generation in American history. So in this episode, we're kind of trying to throw a few different ideas together um, here so that we can kind of maybe bundle this all together at the end so this third one um, before we try to bring this whole mess kind of back in together is kind of looking at the youth ministry
1: yeah the youth ministry in america um it's kind of the backbone i guess of of church growth um so you think it's pretty important but um it's like they're so focused on reaching the youth in the world that they that they become just like the world, like they got to attract them, you know? So I don't know when the shift happened in America or maybe it's, I don't know, it's always, maybe it's always been the case. Like I remember it kind of being that way as a teen. Like I can see it a little bit um, at one church I went to. but, um, But we basically let babies be in charge of youth ministries you know they're pretty young they're always the really young
0: ones that are Yeah it's like in whoever's you know
1: they don't even have kids of their own at all yet like no
0: i mean it's whoever is cool and can connect with like the worldly youth that's out there mm-hmm. uh, that's who we want in charge you know like the 23 25 year old mm-hmm. maybe <laughs> fresh out of bible college you know they wear skinny jeans and listen to secular music now yeah. you know like that's the guy that mm-hmm. we're going to put in charge of our children and I think basically, basically it's because we're petrified mm. that our kids are going to come to church and, like, not be excited. And they don't want to come back because it's not cool enough.
1: Yeah, well, we're, we're teaching our kids that church is, like, just a fun place to hang out. Like, it's like the church has turned into theme parks and arcades. Yeah, definitely. The video games are a big thing in the in the bigger churches, though. Um and then the people we put in charge of these growing and nurturing um, our youth—they're more concerned with being their friend, their friend than their pastor. You know, the kids are like, "Oh, they're really nice." What'd you learn today? I don't know, but we played a lot of video games.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's super good at you know <laughs> Super Smash Brothers. So, trying to bring yeah. this all sort of back together here. You know, we're kind of trying to equate this church growth to church success, since. Sort of overall church attendance has been decli- or in decline in this country. Um, we've had to look to new groups, um, namely the LGBTQ community. Um, as we've seen sort of with the gay church denominations, there's a lot of them. Um, the number one way that we look to grow our church, uh, the church ranks is through the youth and youth outreach. Um, And then this is increasingly becoming more dangerous since the youth of today are more atheistic and LGBTQ affirming than ever before. And then if we do finally bring them in, they come to a youth ministry that's led by a child in most cases that would rather be their friend than their pastor because they can't afford to offend them. You know, because if they're offended and they leave, then we're just sort of like restarting the cycle. Um, You know, we're restarting the very problem that we're trying to like solve, you know, because if we bring them in and we're actually teaching them scripture in the Bible and they get offended and leave, (laughs) we got to go out and find another youth that's, Uh you know, worldly and try to bring. So, I mean, it's a mess that we're in for sure. Like, why
1: do they even want their numbers up if 5% tithe anyway? Like, they don't believe scripture. Why are they there? What does it benefit you if they're all there, but nobody's tithing? Like, why do you want them there? For what's, what's the reason?
0: Bragging rights. Yeah, I don't, I, mean, I don't know. I don't to I don't, I don't know. That. I, I
1: just—it's <laughs> hard. It's it's hard not to come to those conclusions. In yeah, we need to be balanced in how we because we are judging. We're not condemning. Judging like we're piecing things together and trying to have it make sense, but we're, we're basing everything off how church should be run. It's. It all stems from the Bible. This isn't my opinion. Like we're talking about what does scripture say? And that's our foundation for our point of view.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, yeah, this is meant to be more like corrective in nature, the way that things I think should be run as opposed to the way I think we see them being run. So Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any last words on this topic before this episode runs too terribly long?
1: Well, I mean, you go to church, you know your condition of your heart, and you have close friends, and if they're close, you would know the condition of their heart. You know maybe you live in the world with your friends. So no, you go maybe you go to church and you're not your pastor doesn't shepherd you. Maybe your pastor doesn't even know your name. Maybe you go to one of those big churches and you need to think of if nobody's looking out for you and shepherding you i i think you should go where you have accountability where you you're supposed to have a shepherd if your shepherd isn't doing his job i'd say find a new shepherd you can keep your friends and you know and don't live in the world with them though but may, they might not want to follow you if you're trying to press in and really um be obedient and and you want to have accountability and your friends might not want that. So, I mean, you're gonna lose friends um, when you really want to be devoted to the Lord. And and it's crazy to say that you already you know been a Christian for years, and then you gotta really like, oh, now I'm gonna count the cost. Should have done this uh, ten years ago. Whenever you know you prayed to receive Jesus into your heart, like we gotta count the cost like all the time every day we have to actually think that so that's yeah that's all i want to say i just (laughs) i mean we the advice is for us too
0: yeah and you know we definitely don't want to deride all large churches or the idea that you should be looking to build your church i mean definitely growing then stay yeah you should but it should be in how you're growing um so if you go to a church that is doing these things shepherding preaching the truth, standing on God's word and all that. We'd love to hear about it. I
1: want to hear. Yeah, Um, if you do go to a big church and they got what is, how are they caring for the church and there's accountability. I do want to hear about that. And
0: even if it's just a small church, I'd still love to hear. We have a section on our discord for recommended sermons. Mm -hmm. We'd love to hear from your pastor and your church, what they're preaching, if it's, you know, worth listening to. So um, that's all we really got for this episode. Make sure you stay tuned for Wednesday where we're going to actually try to provide what solutions we can come up with that we have for this whole LGBTQ (laughs) um, thing and how you would handle it. Because we don't want to just complain. We want to offer solutions as well. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's what we're going to be trying to do Wednesday. And then obviously Friday, we will be sticking to that good news as we wrap up this LGBTQ conversation. So that's all we got for you guys. Love you. God bless.